We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Dollars in and of themselves say nothing about what happened. There are plenty of people. Oh, I made 20000 It's like, yeah, but you had 50000 of volume. <laughs> this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird and Jordan Cooper. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast brought to you by PlayUp. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire, and I am joined on this Thursday, as usual, by Jordan Cooper. Jordan, we've got an international break going on. What have you been spending your time with? I'm, I'm getting ready for my cruise. I'm, I'm not going to degen out on this two-game uh, European qualifier. I may have the games on or whatever. You're not going to play uh, at all. No, I'm not going to play at all. Come on. I'm not. I'm not. It's. I actually. You're gonna try, see a bunch of tweets at 1:45 with all the lineups out, and you're like, uh. No, I, I. I saw the construction. It's actually pretty tough. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, so I was like, uh, I. I went through. It's like, if this is gonna be easy, it's like, okay, just it's a, you know, what are the four set piece takers? How yep. do I shove them in? And what I, I yeah, really, Croatia is too expensive, and yep. you have to fill forward spots with someone, and yep. they have to be a high price guy. So yep. I'm like, dump, screw this. I, I. I 
X'd it out. I'm like, I'm uh, don't even worry about it. The thing that I am worried about, uh, I did uh, pre-enter as many uh, of the following Saturday's EPL contest. Yeah, they opened it up for you. Right, but I need I need to uh, burn back to get the drop zone up. I mean, I I believe that if I mean I'm already in once it gets activated. I just have to assign a lineup to it. Right. But I mean, I will be in the middle of the Caribbean mm-hmm. uh, when when the slate locks. So like, I can edit lineups, but I can't enter contests past you know Sunday afternoon when I leave. It's outrageous so, uh, that, that you can't enter lineups in international waters. Well, they don't have the whatever, some law or something. I don't know. Are there no laws no there? Idea. Isn't that why there we have pirates? Right, and, there's no laws, there's right. No, yeah. I should be able to do whatever I want. Yeah, absolutely. I should be able to roster anyone I want in any spot. No goalkeepers. Hey, it's in the middle of the Eight nowhere. goalkeepers. Right, well, that's a little excessive. <laughs> uh, but I agree. Anyway, um, so because we're in an international break and we're not talking about these international matches, we're going to do – we were going to do an Ask the Shark, which – we can still call it this, but uh, the topic or topics you wanted to discuss were the kind of myths of DFS. And uh, we discussed these a few minutes ago just to figure out what we were talking about. I agreed with all of them. And it seems you could call them myths. Uh, you could call them uh, excuses for people who don't win as much. But um, why don't you run down what you consider to be kind of the biggest myths of, of DFS? Okay, well, I'll, I'll, the, the five that I have, and we'll go in depth into each of them. And uh, the, the, what I mean by myth is typically it's you see the topic of complaint by someone that is not doing well. Uh, and hey, and maybe it's maybe, maybe this is this is a, this is a skill game to some extent. Luck is involved to some extent. But at the end of the day, like people are better than other people at this thing called DFS that you do. So, you know, going like, Oh, I would win if it weren't for X. Like, no, you're just shifting the blame. You know, you could get better. No one's cheating you. I mean, there, there are instances where there are, uh, unethical play, but at the end of the day, you could, it's minimal better than them. Right. Right. It's minimal at best. But the, the five would be that, uh, the top players, all the top players use, algorithms and custom computer models and you know they they're computer science mit people and unless you're you know you could build something with some type of programming experience like you know, you're not going to beat their projections or something uh number two is that the top players uh hold back information or they collude with each other they share lineups and, and that type of thing because you're like oh look they all have the kind of similar players or whatever uh, number three, which you hear a lot, is that, you know, well, if I could enter 150 entries, you know, I'd win all the time also. So it's like, you know, if they're, top players are only winning because they enter a ton of time. They enter every combination, right. even though every combination would be, you know, could be 50 million different combinations mm-hmm. and you can't enter that many. Uh, number number four would be that, you know, touts that this is kind of this is not a, like an excuse, but. But, uh, you know, touts are top players uh, when they're not necessarily. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, that doesn't mean they're good play or they're, they're they're good at writing articles that say, you know, here's some information. But that doesn't make them a good pl- a DFS player. Yep. And uh, the last one that I have is on the, on the like the platform side is that they cater to 
the like massive multi-entry top player, uh, big money types, and you know if you're a small timer, they don't, you know, the game they make the games harder for you when it is really the opposite. So those are the five mm-hmm. that I that I. Yeah, I agreed uh, with probably, all of them. I didn't think of anything else. Uh, the the one for me is always about bankroll. Like, if I could have 150 entries, I'd win all the time as well. And right. Well, well, I mean, let's talk about that. I mean, you're, you're the the expectation of one lineup in one contest is just. I mean, if you if you could say the same thing about the lottery. Like, yes, if you have 20 lottery tickets, you have 20 times more of a chance of winning the lottery. As someone that buys one ticket, but each individual ticket is still, I mean, it, you're paying 20 times more. It's the same thing as in DFS. If you were to play one entry per slate uh, for 100 slates, I mean, it's the same as playing 100 entries into one slate. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just that uh, from from a variance perspective, you could that if you multi enter, you will see the most statistically viable uh like version of your skill quicker that's all it does so i mean if you if you enter 150 lineups and they're all injured players like you're going to lose all those lineups and if you constantly do that you're a horrible player and you know one, once you get a statistical set of multiple thousands tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of entries and it shows your negative 87% roi <laughs> Like, that's more likely to be correct. Now, you could enter one time into the millionaire maker and win a million dollars. That, that That's an unsustainable ROI. Probably. Right? Right, probably. So, really, the only difference between multi-entering and not multi-entering is you win more. You, you're res- I don't even say win more often. Your expected results uh, from from an EV perspective are true more often. If okay. you understand what I'm saying, right? If if you're a good player, 150 entries may increase your ROI. Right. And as for these top heavy GPPs, the goal is to win. So you play 150 entries not to cash all 150. Your goal is to get first place. Right. So the variance of well, I'm going to put in 150 entries and then cash none of them and then the next day do the same thing and then the next day do the same thing like all you need is one entry to win a hundred thousand dollars and now your roi is 22 percent overall right that that, i mean that but that's the way plenty of people who play that way though right but i'm just but but that's the whole point of playing like you're not you're not trying if if you're playing very top heavy if you're playing the millionaire maker type payout structures and you're not building lineups to try to win like your ROI is almost, I can't see it not being negative only because of the way the payout structure is that, you know, oh, I cashed half of my entries. Oh, I cashed 30% of my entries, you know, min cash. Mm-hmm. I cashed 70% of, you know, you might as well enter double up today. You actually have, you know, you need a lower score to, to, instead of being in the top, you know, 70th percentile or 75th percentile, like 55 will be fine. Right. If you're not going to play to win, then whatever. But because you have more entries, you're more likely to see a top finish quicker. Mm-hmm. But someone that just plays single entry, the best player in the world, if you're really good, you could play one entry and do that every slate. It just it may take you 150 years mm-hmm. before you win versus 30 years. Right. 
versus ten. I mean, it's all that's all it is. So the number of entries doesn't doesn't affect your skill. You could there there are probably plenty of horrible people that put 150 entries into a five dollar GPP and just like you know they use the optimizer and they do their player exposures and everything and then it's like. Three months later, they haven't, you know, they've lost several thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars. Like, yeah, that's there are as many of those, more of those than the, you know, oh, I always see this guy up top and that guy up top and this guy up top. Yeah, because when you play when you play like that, maybe and you're good, maybe you do win three GPPs a year in a, in a sport like baseball that's played every day or basketball or something like that. But you don't pay attention to the times where, you know, they lose. $30,000 on one slate. Right. And they do that, you know, th- throughout the course of a month. You go, oh, this guy won twice this month. It's like, they may have just broken even. They won. They won the, the 50000 on this day and 100000 on that day. And maybe the, the overall, their profit is like $4,000 total because mm-hmm. all the other days they lost. I mm-hmm. mean, that's... They tend not to that's, screenshot that's, those days. Right, right. Of course, they don't screenshot those days <laughs> uh, if, if, the, if, if, they're, if they're a tout. But a lot, I mean, a lot of the a lot of the best players are not uh, people that write or do any type of content. Right. right. Uh, but you'll. You know, why do we always see these top players at the well? You know, when you play that many entries, does they? If you played, you know, uh, uh, the you know the the normal lotto, like you know the three number or four number lotto or whatever, like the threat, like you know the, the your local lotto type of thing. I mean, there's only a th- there's only a thousand combinations of numbers. Right. So, like, if you were to play three hundred tickets. 150 tickets a day. Your expectation is that you're going to win every nine days, right? Eight days. No one's going to look at you and go, well, that's the way to win. It's like, no, they're, <laughs> they're losing money. They're losing. They're not getting paid more than the, 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 the likelihood of it coming up. But of course, if you play 150 numbers in a three number lotto, you're going to win more often. Right. That doesn't, that doesn't change anything. Right. But as far as like covering all the bases, try do do the permutation of of uh, an eight man lineup, a ten man whatever. Whatever if you play baseball, basketball, whatever, uh, covering all bases, no one can do. No, like there's no like or cover or a lot of times when they say that uh, they mean covering all reasonable bases. Sure, like you know not you know not playing you know I'm gonna stack the biggest underdog in you know, 150 different ways, plus another hundred, you know, like that, just like, okay, there's three favorites and you're going to stack all three and then pick, you know, the, you know, you're doing two pitcher combos on baseball or something like that. And, you know, you're, you're having your, basically you're taking like in order to fit like combos, all, all these, all these top players are doing uh, when they're massively multi-entering those type of things is, is taking a taking a position and covering all bases of the position, but not they're, they're not covering all positions. Right. Right. So like in in soccer, if it's a Champions League game, you know, like eight game slate, you know, they're they're fading like they may fade Ronaldo completely, and then have four forwards, and they're taking all the positions of that. Mm-hmm. And then you could make 150 lineups. Like that, but if you're gonna do, well, we're gonna fade Ronaldo and then not fade Ronaldo, and then I'm gonna take this goalkeeper and pe- take every goalkeeper. Like you did, you, you can't. That, that would be like fifty thousand entries. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't cover all of that. But they may have a position on uh, a Man City blowout, and then have all the combinations of three, four, and five Man City players, and that's what they do. Right. 
And then if Man City scores zero, like they lose all everything. of their go out. Right. But if Man City scores six, you'll see them in first, third, eighth. I mean, every different way that that could happen. And then if like one guy gets four goals, they have, well, they make sure they have that in as many lineups. Mm-hmm. But it's a position. Like they're going by, like, we're going to take a, a certain game script, a certain way this slate is going to play out. But, like, in baseball, you go, well, I think this pitcher is going to get blown up. So it's like, well, you could uh, like you could only roster, like, five guys from one team, batter-wise, on DK and four on FanDuel. And, like, well, we don't, we think this game is going to get blown up, but we don't – we. We want to make sure we have the number eight hitter in also the light hitting shortstop mm-hmm. as well as, you know, so we, we want all of them. But so you do all those combo, not all of them, but as many reasonable combos of that. And then you pair that with, you know, you know, that they, they in order to make those combos, you need a cheap pitcher in this SP2 slot. And they use three cheap pitchers and rotate them around. Yep. Or sometimes it's like we'll take a position on just that one and go for broke. I mean, but that. That's how massive multi-entry works. You take, you find the position you want to take, and then you make the lineup exposures to that position. It works in every sport, even with, you know, basketball. With you know, this game's going to be a blowout. This game's going to be close. Golf, even it's like you know, the wind's going to affect these type of golfers. I'm going to go for the short hitters. You know, like that. You know, you, you're trying to find some type of correlation there. But you can't just like uh, you can't take a uh, I'm going to fade Ronaldo and then I'm not going to fade Ronaldo type of position. Like you take one and then you make all the combos mm-hmm. of that. But more times than not, they all go down in flames. <laughs> right. You're looking to find the one that comes in first place. Mm-hmm. So so really that that's that's the goal of massive multi entry and you're paying for it. So if you're paying one hundred fifty entries at five dollars a piece, you're paying seven hundred and fifty dollars and you're betting on that position of how everything is going to play out mm-hmm. from a game perspective. And if you're wrong on that, you'll lose it all. If you're right on that, you've maximized your, you've optimized for any situation in which that happens. You're optimizing for, well, what happens if Fernandinho gets two goals? Right. The worst thing to do is to think, you know, Man City's going to win 6 nothing. They win 6 nothing, and you win, you min cash because you didn't play Fabian Delft. Right. I mean, that, but that's the point. You didn't play John Stones in at least a lineup or two. Right. You, you want to, you don't want to be right on the position and then not have the players. So really that's what massive multi-entry is. Mm -hmm. And if you're willing to spend the money to do so, and you're good at figuring out the position and then constructing everything, uh, taking into account ownership percentage and everything, uh, you could have a positive ROI, but it's not like you're winning, Fifty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars, all the time. It, you, you, it's, it's a, it's a kind of a confirmation bias for you know outsiders. You see when it happens, but you don't see when it doesn't happen. Right. And also, there are enough good players, especially in the bigger sports. There are enough good players that do this. That it's like, oh, it's always, it's always, quote unquote, this, you know, one of twenty different people. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, well, you, when you play, they. One day it's going to be this guy, and then three days later, oh, now it's that guy. Like, and it looks like, like half the time it's one of these top RG-rated players that is like, yeah, but they're spending. You know, I mean, they're they're playing fifty thousand a slate, like normally. Like that, <laughs> you take a look at at their overall results. They may they may be losing. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, if you win the Millionaire Maker, you're probably you probably have a positive ROI on the season. But when I say the word, you hope prob- so. <laughs> 
Right, but but that's the difference. It may not be. There mm-hmm. are there are plenty of top players that you see live finals and all that type of type of crap that you know they've won five hundred thousand dollars in some special tournament and they you know they won a seed into this and they they whatever and they could they be minus eight percent ROI. I mean, not like like you know they're losing a ton ton of money, but you know they're put they're putting in uh, you know five million of volume over the course of a season, and then. They're coming out ahead five point four million. Right. So it's like they have four hundred thousand, you know, and that's like eight percent or something, which is still. I mean, hey, you're in bet. You're you put in the money to make money. I mean, the same thing, you know, between the difference between me and you, Andrew, is that you know, you know, you turning thirty. You know, if 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 I won eight hundred dollars, like on a slate, that may only be a like a thirty percent return. You win eight hundred dollars on the slate. That's like a eight hundred and thirty percent return. I'd be pretty happy with that. Right, right. But I mean, it's all it's all relative sure. to what it is that you do. So like that's that's why I tend to go by, you know, if you're talking, I like going by percentages more than raw dollars because it doesn't dollars in and of themselves say nothing about what happened. Because there are plenty of people as oh, I made twenty thousand. It's like yeah, but you had fifty thousand of volume. <laughs> So it's like it's the same thing as, you know, taking 50 and turning it into 70. Like it's not impressive. To, it's like, OK, I mean, you made money. Right. But your ROI percentage is much smaller. Yeah. I think the the complaint is basically that those people just do it so much that they're proving that that's the way that you have to play. And they're not winning as long as consistently as the expectation is and so just like you said they could have some massive hit and then all of a sudden they're up two percent for the year uh that's not you know it's a way to play but to the idea that that's like the only way to win is crazy right i mean uh, not not everyone plays that way and not everyone that plays that way is even good at playing that way right a lot of the, the people that get talked about are like the best of the best of playing that way mm-hmm that is a style of play. I don't play massive multi-entry, but I also don't play single entry. I'm in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a, you know, it depends on the slate, but I mean, for for soccer, typically on a, on a normal EP on a normal five to seven game slate, I'm playing nine to twelve lineups, mm-hmm. something something in that range. Uh, for 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 baseball or something, I may play fifteen to twenty lineups. For golf, you know, twenty to thirty lineups, type of thing. I mean, but I'm not playing 150. Mm-hmm. Right? And even sometimes when it's like the 20 max or whatever, sometimes the payout structure doesn't call for even playing 20. So it's like I may play 20 lineups in total, but I may not put all 20 in that one contest. Right. I mean, I just I spread it out. I This one's in the 12 single entry. This one's in the five single entry. These three are in the one dollar. These, you know, because you, 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 you're looking to just win with a lineup. Yep. Like the, these GPP payout structures are high enough that. Like I'm looking to win, win. So I don't mind winning one of them, and then I don't, I don't need to have all of them in one contest, and then try to you know win with all of them. Like, right? No, it's perfectly fine. Yeah, I mean you ob- you obviously can't win with all of them if they're different. Right. Right. Yeah. But sometimes if you have the same core play, if you have a very sure. similar, very tight core, and the core goes off, like you end up you know first, third, eighth. You know, I mean that's that's a great day. Sure. But sure. I mean, you don't have to do it that way. You could do it by, 
by I'm going to play one way in one contest and one way in another contest. But I mean, that that is a style of play. But it's all all it's doing, all putting more entries is doing is uh, is getting you quicker to your uh, your statistically relevant ROI percentage. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Just getting you quicker because you could be the greatest player and variance could just not be on your side for 20 years. And in the 21st year, you win a million dollars. And then you look over the course of 20 years and you go, wow, my ROI was 14%. <laughs> right? But uh, up until that point that you won the million dollars, you were actually a down. You were losing, yeah. Right, right. So that, 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 that's all it is. So if you're a bad player and you want to enter 150 play, all you're doing is getting quicker to show how bad you're off. You <laughs> right, right. Uh, what's next? Algorithms? Well, that, that's that's a. Uh, I, I hate hearing that, especially <laughs> as someone that doesn't. I mean, come anywhere close to when, when I, for soccer, when I even like kind of, you know, put down projections in in and of themselves. Yep. Well, there. Yeah. I mean, so, there are the what I kind of like about soccer that I, I suppose it does apply a little bit to the other ones, but uh, it seems like there are people who are very stat heavy, and there are those who don't look at them at all. And it's kind of a interesting range because at some point you all end up kind of on the same core of players, but like the direction of how you got there is very different. But yeah, you're a basic, would you even consider some anti-projections person? I mean, I know you don't use them at all, but um, yeah, you don't seem to use stats much other than our team trends page. I mean, I'm a, it, it's, it's the same thing. It's just a different, different style of thinking. Right. So like I'm, I'm technically using projections, but I'm not equating them to an exact number. Okay. If you understand what I'm saying is that like all the projection models that you see are taking a whole group of variables. It could be one of the variables could be the weather. Mm -hmm. One of the variables could be home versus away. One of the variables could be, I mean, it could be anything. I mean, you're taking a lot of like touches in the box. The uh, you know average number of crosses uh, conceded versus I mean all these stats you can build a model any way you want and weight anything you want mm -hmm. and then have it compute some type of projected you know median because remember all these things are technically ranges of outcomes right like it's going to show you like if it shows you eight point eight projection that's like the median point of what it could be but you know more times than not it's going to show at eight point eight as what the expected point total would be, but that's at like 3%. So at 2.8% 2, 2 of the time, it's going to be 8.7. And 2.7% of the time, it's going to be 8.3. I mean, like, it, it looks like a distribution curve. Mm -hmm. So I think in terms of distribution curves, so I don't, I, I, to me, they, you, I don't want to see 8.8 .8 or 7.5 or whatever. It's like, I... I could envision the distribution curve in my head just by looking at the situation in and of itself that I'm not going to go through and do projections of a number. I don't need a number. I don't need the exact number and then per sal point per whatever type of thing because I to me it's a waste of time. I understand I'm doing it. I, in my head I am doing it and I understand the people that put together these types of projection models that do it. But in a, you still have to construct a lineup you can't just take the top eight players and fit them in because you're not going to be able to afford them. Right. So that doesn't do anything. Well, then you're going to use an optimizer. 
And that's what an optimizer is for. You plug in numbers and you go point per dollar, throw this in. What's the what's the lineup that that based on these projections is going to show, you know, the, the highest score. And that's what an optimizer is. That's all an optimizer does. An optimizer doesn't do anything if you don't have projections to put in. If the projections are horrible, it'll give you a horrible lineup. So <laughs> right. It, it it doesn't the optimizer all it's all it is is a is a computer programming function that's like you know that's doing that so you don't have to do that manually and go I, what what let me try to fit all the top players in like it's gonna try doing that for you anyway mm-hmm. right and then if you want to exclude a certain player well now that's out of the pool now what's the most optimal lineup based on these projections mm-hmm. that either you've put in or you're using from somewhere but if the projections suck. Well, the optimizer sucks, right? Right. Uh, the, the, the lineup sucks. And uh, the projections could be weighted completely. If you don't, what's the, the what's the recipe for how the projections were made? If you don't know, how do you know what they're weighting or not weighting or anything? You know, if, if you're going to go, well, they're, they're, this projection system says uh, it's, you know, they're the top option at this position, but I'm going to downgrade them because it's raining or something like do you know maybe the projections actually have the rain and counted into it? Right. Right. Maybe they. I mean, you don't know, so you have to. You would want to know that, but that that but that's putting it down to a number. I don't. The difference is is that I don't put it down to a number. I do that to me in my head. I'll still look at stats. Uh, you know, soccer. Not. I mean, when we talk about it on on the podcast, like when we're talking about the, you know, the four midfielders that I was. You know, I'm gonna, I'm going to pick two of these guys, and which guys do I? I'm, I'm not looking at a sheet and going 8.38 versus 8.1 versus 7.5 versus 7.2. I'm not looking at that. But I, in my head, I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. Not with a number. I'm just going, I need two out of these four. Who's more likely to, you know, based on this day? And then I'm using, you know, he's going to be playing deeper because of this guy. And he, his, he's playing as a fullback instead of a normal this type. Of, and I'm going through all of that. And then I make the decision. From there, but I mean that's the same thing as a projection. I mean it it really is the same thing as a projection model, just that I'm not taking a whole bunch of stats and throwing it together and making a number out of it. Mm-hmm. And you could do the same thing in any sport. I mean it's not like most of the top players that they, they, you're not dealing with <coughs> people that you know unless you know computer programming, you know that's the only way that they're winning. They don't know anything about sports whatsoever, and. uh which which gets into another another myth or whatever that uh, 80% of I would say maybe even more of, of daily fantasy sports has nothing to do with sports. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the I put that's why I put like the myth of like top players have proprietary information or they collude or something. It, it's typically when when uh, yeah, when when you see uh, a lot of top players with like the same very similar lineup. So sometimes the same lineup. Sometimes it's a six-game slate, and you'll see three people with the same lineup, the same exact line. You go, you know, on a soccer slate or something. It's a six-game slate, and these three people have the same line. They must be sharing. Yeah, they must be. No right. other explanation, Jordan. Right, right. No other explanation. Or even if it's not the same exact one, you'll see complaints about, well, I don't understand, you know, they they must know something that I don't because, like, I didn't even consider this guy yet. All the top players in cash, you know, he was 80% owned mm-hmm. in cash. And, you know, you're, how did they know? And, the, you know, the guy scores 11 points or something for, like, 48. Awabi Khazri. Oh, yeah. Right? 
that type of thing. <laughs> great example right well it is the perfect example yeah. like it's yeah but that's that's i don't i don't want to be a little cocky but that's like that's why we're top players like it has nothing to do with like if if you see a bunch of bunch of sharp players that you respect and they win or whatever and they're all on one player or they all have very similar lineup construction it's we're not talking to one another like cuz that's the clo- that's the optimal lineup mm-hmm. like we're we're all on the same page on I mean, it may be the difference between choosing between two 5,000 midfielders or the difference between, you know, do you go a little up at goalkeeper and go a little down at, you know, the difference between a 4,300 defender and a 4,100 defender and then going slightly up at goalkeeper. And that's the difference that you're making. But then you take a look at all the other slots and it's like it's pretty much the same. Like, because because you're good. Like, that's if you if you're not understanding that, that's that's the second level of daily fantasy. It, it I, I find it very similar to, to a lot of other games. Because uh, if if you've played other games, if you're a games player, you're I I, I believe board game players uh, would be much better at daily fantasy than sports fans. Sports fans, yeah, right. Like if you come into it as a sports fan, I think you're at a very significant disadvantage as to coming in as a board or card game player if you if you've played backgammon or poker or chess or or just board games i mean magic the gathering or something i mean anything like that like i said th- you have a significant edge even if you know nothing about sports because that's that's the game that's the game aspect and you, you see it in like when i played poker i learned you know you read a book on how to play poker well uh because i'm not even talking about like not knowing anything kind of like i you know, people chasing down gutshot draws or whatever. But it's like you read and you go, oh, what, you know, what hand, what hand values are, what position, you know, they, they, you get these charts or, you know, the basic kind of probabilities of like making a flush or hitting a pair when you have, you know, two high cards in your hand and you think how much is in the pot versus how like, that's the basic stuff, right? You learn, you know, if you want to get good, you learn that as like the baseline. And then there's a second level to everything. Then you start talking about hand raise, hand ranges and frequencies and bluff percentages and all that type. And then once you get to that level, you go, wow, there's like like everything I thought about this game is completely different. <laughs> like everything, like just knowing hand charts isn't isn't the game. Right. Like you could beat really, really bad players by just straightforward that way. But once you get past that, it's like a whole other game has opened up. I found that also in Scrabble. I mean, uh, I used to play uh, not competitive Scrabble, but with friends, and we played a lot. Uh, so you'd learn like the two-letter words, like the the basic stuff that if if you played Scrabble, you in some serious capacity, you learn the basics. Like you need to know all the two-letter words. Uh, you know, starting to like learn uh, anagram, like the the, the roots. Mm-hmm. For like anagrams, so you can make seven letter words or whatever like that. And then once I talk to like a like a real competitive Scrabble player, and most of that stuff is like like they go like yeah, like everyone knows that. <laughs> like like they're like like if if you don't know that, like you you have no shot in the world. Right. So like just because you know all the two letter words and anagrams doesn't mean anything. It's like do you know when when uh when using a two letter word versus how many tiles are left in the bag versus how many you know that uh, uh, if he if your opponent used a five letter word and two vowels what what consonants are more likely in his rack 
And am I putting out a word that he could easily, you know, like they're mm-hmm. thinking in that level. And I'm like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> how do you, how do you manage all? And, but I'm, I'm also thinking of poker and going, oh, that, that is that, that's the skill of poker. Right. Right. I'm saying the same thing with the, like, oh, everyone knows the hand charts and probabilities and stuff. It's this second level type of thing. That's what separates the, you know, the good players from the average players. Hmm. DFS is the same thing. DFS is the, the same thing of going, you know, why didn't you play this guy versus that guy? Why did you construct this way versus that way? Especially when it comes to cash games where, where you're, you know, you're looking to, you know, just beat a person. You beat a score. Versus a GPP where you could just go crazy and get lucky right. every so often. Uh, but that's why, that's why you see the construction. You look at the top lineups and go, you know, hey, like, how come a lot of the top players you know, never pay up for a goalkeeper? It's like, well, because that's probably the best. Uh, from a long, if you're playing every day type of strategy, most likely the goalkeeper is the highest variance position. So uh, let me get burned. I'll get burned by a goalkeeper. Fine. But I mean, everything else, if I could fit everything else in that I want for optimal construction, I just look at the goalkeeper as, you know, just rolling a, rolling a dice. It's backgammon. And the same thing in backgammon with the, you know, roll combinations. Mm-hmm. Like once you, like, you know, the basics and then you play a, a real backgammon player and they destroy you. <laughs> You're like, like how, like, I know what you know. And he's like, no, you don't know what I know. <laughs> Like the mathematical combinations of like when, when the, 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 everything is spaced out one way or the first level, like first stage play versus second stage play versus third stage play. Cause he just basically cause I played a, a, a high level backgammon player when in the poker clubs, not for money, uh, because you know, he didn't want to take my money. <laughs> uh, but basically he said to me, it's like, you know, you're, con- you're making constant, it's, it's very easy to beat you because you're making constant mistakes. Mm-hmm. I go, really? I'm making that many mistakes? It's like, you're not really making mistakes. You're, you're doing like the average player type of thing. Right. Like, I know what you're going to do. You're going to try to block there or whatever, but it's like, as long as I get a roll that has an even and an odd number on it, like, I'll just stop you there and then end up coming around and doing this. I'm like, like, yeah, that I have to respect. I'm not going, well, you, you know something that I don't. It's like, no, no, you know the game better than I do. Mm-hmm. Like, to that extent. And now... I, I would love to learn that part of the game if there was money to be made in this game, but uh, but there but there wasn't. Not a ton, yeah. <laughs> so, right, but but that's the general point of of top players are top players for it's it's there's a process there's and then the difference is of making like am I taking Sam Klukas or Anthony Knockhart like that becomes the thing. But if you're not even getting to that point, like then you have to you have to get better. Right. Like that's that's really what it comes down. If you see top players with, you know, uh, eight man lineup and they're sharing six players, it, we didn't talk to one another. That because because that's that is the optimal line. We mm-hmm. all we all could identify it easier. If you can't, like you have to get to that point. Right. And the the and immediate you, thought of they must be cheating doesn't help in getting better. <laughs> right. Doesn't. Right. But there are instances. I have to admit there are instances that some people share lineups. Yes. There are instances of that. So I mean that that that, that isn't out of the question, but it's not as it's not rampant. Mm-hmm. I don't share my lineup. I don't want to share my lineup. I'm playing against people. Right. Right. I don't. I mean, especially in soccer, it's eleven man contest. I don't want someone else to have my lineup. Right. I want someone to have a crappy lineup. Mm-hmm. So why would I ever share it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
before we get to the next one, quick break to thank our sponsors, Play Up. Uh, do you want to win prizes by following your favorite sports? Do you think you can pick a better team than the so-called pros? Then PlayUp is the place for you. PlayUp offers free daily fantasy sports across the Premier League, NFL, NBA, and more. All you have to do is choose a challenge, select your players while remaining under the salary cap, and then watch their real-life actions help up, help rack up points on the live leaderboard. The better your team does, the more prize money you min- win. So keep entering challenges across the season to make your way up the ultimate champion leaderboard where fans across the globe compete to determine who has the greatest sporting knowledge. There are always games on, and once you build up your digital wallet, you can enter platinum challenges, which are higher risk but offer much higher rewards. So what are you waiting for? Get to playup.com for the most realistic daily fantasy experience across all your favorite sports. To go beyond that discussion about colluding or not colluding, uh, or actually it's more about understanding the game as opposed to the players. Uh, You made the point earlier that touts aren't always the best players. Which I agree. They with. Aren't. Yeah, they're, a lot of them. They're a lot of them are not. I mean, um, most because of them are not. right, because uh, I mean, you kind of make the point that uh, it's one level to understand who the right plays are, and it's another to understand who the right plays are in relation to an entire lineup. Because you can't play everybody that you can't play all the best ones. Um, do you think there's no value in touts? No, I think there's incredible value in touts. I read. I read all the time. More information, the better. You could, I mean, this is a this is a game of information. If that, obviously, if there was less information available, and it was harder to get information, it would increase the edge of people that can get it that information. Mm-hmm. So that's why people it's, were it's upset a, about our stats package. Right. Well, it helps people. I mean, right. like, right. It helps people. Right. <laughs> and the most valuable information is most likely you're gonna have to pay for it. Yep. Which is perfectly fine to me. Mm-hmm. That that I mean. You see it on the stock market. I mean, it, it, it's, it's it's a market like anything else. Uh, most of the soccer stats, you, you could piece together. It just wrote a wire. It makes it easier. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I I found those stats regardless. Or sure. some kind of comparable version of it. You know, like w- looking at the play-by-play and going, who took the corner kicks? Sure. Like, But if I had to do that for five different – I mean, it just takes me longer yep. to do. But, I mean, I know that's relevant information, and I'm going to find it. Uh, if you don't know what's relevant information, well, then that, that's you right. You, that you haven't even gotten to step one yet there. Right. But I, I, I use articles, you know, player picks, whatever, and podcasts as uh, I've always said, am I crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going there first going, uh, tell me who to play. I'm going there going, I already looked. I did my first run through of looking at the slate at hand, whatever sport it is. And now I'm listening to people that. Are have looked are analyzing slates on a daily basis. Are they good players as far as like you know playing DFS as a game? Not necessarily, but it's it's not that difficult to identify chalky types, you know, of players. Yep. Right. This team is a million uh, favorite, so you know their forward is has a chance to score. I mean, it's, it's not that hard to figure that out, right? No. Right. So some, I mean, some people find it hard. <laughs> I guess so, but like in baseball or something, it's like you know this, this pitcher, you know whatever, and then this has the platoon and you know the whatever, and he likes hitting the curveball. This guy throws a. Cur- I mean, like it's not that it's not that hard to piece stuff together in football. Like this, this team's the worst against the rush, and their number, their top lineman is injured now. Even on top of that, maybe you take the opposing running back. It's not that hard to come up with that, 
right? These these takes are not like out of, out of the ordinary type of things. But you want to identify that first. Anyway, it saves you a little bit of time. Right. I'll read some stuff like when I'm playing NFL. Like I, I don't follow it. That I mean, I'm I'm playing low volume and I'm playing primarily to GPP it. So I just like I want to know the chalk. I want to know what posi- what would be an off the beaten path position. Just like I said before, with you take you find the position and then you match the players to that position. Uh, so I'm just looking for positions. If I if I'm listening to three different podcasts, five different podcasts, ten different articles, and everyone seems to be on this chalky position, I go. Well, is there a way for me not to be on this position? Right. Is there a way to be me to be somewhat on that position, but be on a different, you know, that's like, you know, Man City's going to win a ton, but I have the, I have John Stones and, and Otamendi and Fernandinho and they get the three goals. Right. Like it's still the same position, but just not, it's not Sergio Aguero. Yep. I mean, like that type of thing. But that's why I'm listening to all of it. Or I'm just, that that's what I'm getting out of it. Or little bits and pieces of information that I may not have, I may not have seen by, but through my normal research methods of, of you know in the in the past two years this rushing whatever and this thing that and it's like like oh okay that's 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 noteworthy mm-hmm. is it going to change anything who knows how valuable is that information should it be weighted highly who knows it's maybe raining it may be windy it may be this you know they're the you know the, this guy's on a pitch count do I have to and is the bullpen warmed up I mean you you have to take all of that into account but. You know, you, you want to go if everyone's on the position that, you know, like look at Liverpool the other the other day, uh, even even with like Mane starting it's like everyone's on the position that he's he's not playing 90 minutes. Yep. Right. So they're downgrading Mane in their head for, and he's at a 10K salary. So most likely he's going to be lower owned. If you want to take a position that Mane either plays more than 60 or happens to score two goals, even in that time period. Go with that position. Go with a Liverpool three nothing win, and Mane gets a hat trick. Right. That's a perfectly acceptable position to take, but you're taking it only because everyone else has the position of, well, he can't play Mane because he's 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 only going to play sixty minutes. But you're but you're seeing that on different tout sites and podcasts, and that's what I'm listening for. I especially golf. Golf is like all ownership. Like yeah, like you could condense the you condense the player pool down to like 30 or 40 golfers. And that's still too many. Yeah. Just based on like course fit. And just like, and at that point, it's just like anyone, the chalkiest golfer could miss the cut any week. I mean, like anything could happen. Sure. And the, and the, the guy that's like that missed four cuts could win the thing the next week. I mean, anything could happen. So if I see a guy that's going to be 40% owned that like the variance is just like in baseball, Mike Trout could go over five on any given day. So, do whatever you want. I mean, but if everyone's going in one direction and you want to win a GPP, it's like, well, you have to see where everyone's going. Like, that's how I'm judging ownership. So this is what you use all that information for. But at the end of the day, you still have to piece together your lineup to, and, and match the lineup to the type of contest that you're playing. If you're going to play the millionaire maker and you're playing all chalk and you see 36% all, I mean, you're not going to win. Right. Like, and I mean, it's, it's not going to happen, right? Unless you have like one guy that's point one percent owned that happens to score three touchdowns for whatever reason, you, you, you're not. But that's why you'll 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 listen and you you read all this stuff. But a lot of these guys, you know, you'll the, you'll see the screenshots. You'll see you know, so it oh look I I made uh, you know got a live final seed or I but like, like yay the one time like a lot a lot of these guys are losing players. <laughs> 
They're, they still do the analysis for, I mean, you, I don't think Matthew Berry is the best season long NFL. I mean, the best players are not on television. They're right. not on the podcast. They're pro- pro- practically unknown. Mm-hmm. Right. Those are because why would they, they're making money. They don't have to spend. I mean, the reason why you, you, you're right and whatever is because you're trying to, you know, have some type of recurring monetary interest. So you don't have to worry about winning all the time. Yep. Right. I mean, you saw that in poker with, you know, the people monetizing their brand. Right. So they don't have to worry about, you know, yeah, they may win a tournament once every two or three years, but it's $10,000 a tournament. So the variance is going to be ridiculous. So to have a nice, well, I'm going to have a training site or I'm going to have this little thing. It just it allows them to to not have to rely on those types of swings to, you know, to pay the bills, I guess. Right. Right. But that doesn't mean they're bad. That it, It's like. I'm not saying they're good. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying they're they're offering information. Here's information. When they say that that uh, this team does bad against their their 28th DVOA and that uh, in NBA it's like the usage percentage. Like these are all numbers. You really can't lie about the numbers. It's just interpreting the numbers. Some people are better at analyzing the numbers, the matchups better than others. Uh, but most of the facts, you can't deny the facts. Mm-hmm. Someone's, you know, ranked 25th against the pass. I mean, everyone, they're, they're, is that worth it enough to take the opposing quarter? I mean, like, you have to decide that. But if you want to hear a bunch of people contemplating that, then go for it. But mm. most of the, the reason why you see screenshots is for marketing purposes. You're not seeing screenshots for anything else. Yeah, I was going to say, there's right? no other reason. Not, not most of the reason. The only reason. Right, right. It's purely for... <laughs> You don't see the times where, oh, I lost all this money. You know, you, you don't <laughs> fucking see that, right? At all. But that's what, but to me, that's why I, I like being transparent because I, I, the thing that's very lacking in the industry in general uh, is like a sense of realism. Mm-hmm. Like that's why, like going through all these like, like myths of, well, you're saying all this because, you know, you you want people to respect you more, even though like I could be a losing player. It's like, well, no, no, that's why, that's why I like showing how much I make because it's not exorbitant, but it is profitable. Mm-hmm. But this, you have to compare it to someone like that. When I started playing, like I, who, who knows? No one releases this information. So if you have nothing to judge it by, how do you know that if you're doing well or not in comparison to other people? Right. Because even if you're even if you're making a little bit of money, like how much do the top, top players make? That's why I went mentioning about that massive multi entry. You go, oh, I see screenshots and these they bought one hundred thousand or whatever. It's like they could only have an eight percent ROI. And then you're looking at your statistics and you've been playing for two years and you have a 14 percent ROI. You're playing in lower stakes, though, most of the time. But maybe you're just as good as them. Mm-hmm. But they're putting in twenty thousand dollars uh a slate and it's not because they're not making money because they're putting in $20,000 slate. It's just that 8% of 20,000 is more raw dollars than 14% of a hundred that you're putting in. Right. So it may be you're as good as they are. And if you were to put 20,000 and play that consistently, you would have a 14, but you you may have a big better than 8%. Now, if you don't, if you, if you don't have a big enough bankroll to sustain the swings of getting that realized ROI, then you shouldn't be doing it. But that's that's really the difference, and that's why I like so like I, like right now, 
uh, in soccer this year, I've made $28,307 of profit. That's pretty good. I'm looking at it right now. Fees paid, $213,273 for a 13.27% ROI overall. That's just in soccer. Nice job. Okay. That it... But all I could say is that's what it like. Am I saying that? So like, oh, you're just pointing like this, these are real numbers. Like I'm not this isn't a screenshot. These, this is based on how I play. This is what it is. And if you want to if you could gain anything by comparing yourself to it, then great. And if you can't, then don't. I mean, whatever it is. But no one talk. but no one talks that they all talk about. You hear on podcasts and you see on Twitter, 100,000, I won a live final. Yeah, it's, it's not that hard to win a live final seat when you're paying a, playing a $5,000 qualifier with nine people in it, okay? <laughs> you, just ha- you, you, you just have the money to be able to, I mean, the small field contests are not difficult to win, right? Because you get higher, it, it's, it's better players, but you don't need that high of a score in and of itself because you don't have to fade the... One percent outlier that you know that's you know the Otamendi brace that wins someone the three dollar GPP most likely is going to go unowned in a twenty nine man four hundred dollar long ball. Right. You tend to play because it's only twenty nine players. You don't have to go, you know, that contrarian to do that. But that's what you see. But I don't. But you don't see people. Here's my CSV or here's here's my Roto Tracker or whatever. It's like I, I'll do that. And if it if it's good, if it's if it's bad, if it's whatever, just like in base, like in baseball, Andrew, like for instance, uh, in baseball, let me go to baseball this year. My profit. See, this is the point that I'm, I want to make. My profit in baseball this year, twenty three point five six percent ROI. My profit was ten thousand seven hundred and seven dollars. Pretty good. Right. Pretty good. Remember, I I came in second for twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? Okay. So, does that kind of prove my point? There you go. Right. Well, because I'm playing because ba- I, I play I play baseball GPP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like I'm pl- I'm I'm playing to win or I'm off the cliff pretty much. So, and baseball is every day. So that, yes, I did hit one for twenty thousand, one for three thousand. I got a eight a, a couple of seven hundreds or whatever like that. But a lot of days, six out of the seven days, I'm putting in. I'm basically taking three hundred dollars. So I'm not playing a ton of that much volume, but I'm taking three hundred bucks mm-hmm. and I'm throwing it in the garbage. Right. <laughs> and the next day, three hundred dollars in the garbage. Three hundred dollars in the garbage. Three, or I mean, maybe not in the garbage. Three hundred turns into one twenty. Right. Or three hundred turns into four oh five. Yep. Like it's 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 whatever. But I'm still it's the 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 line is going down. It's going down, losing, 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 a little, 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 and then 20,000 at once. Mm-hmm. And then I'm hoping over the course of a season that it happens I'm shot like a tw- 23% ROI. If you told me beforehand, you can have a 23% ROI and you can have $45,000 of fees. I'll take the 10. I'd, who cares how it happens? Right. If it happened because I didn't, I didn't win and I just won like $200 a day. Well, that's fine. Also, I don't, mm-hmm. I did it. it yeah, I'm thinking in terms of long-term ROI. So that's why soccer, more likely, because there aren't huge paydays, I'm doing it on a, you know, winning a little at a time type of basis. Right. But in other sports, in golf or in, in baseball, like, no, I, I play those to, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to do extremely well or 
I'm taking the three to four hundred bucks, and yay, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna be. But I mean, that's how I play. But sure. But I, but for me personally, I use soccer as my like recurring baseline. Sure. Like that's why I don't play high volume in other sports. It's like I'll do that in soccer because in soccer I played long enough to have to know my real Right. I know where my edge. Right. But in the other sports, I'll like I'll take a shot, but I'm Mm -hmm. taking a shot at 10 percent, you know, 10, 15 percent of my normal volume for my bankroll size that I would normally do in soccer. Right. So it's like so I'm not saying that I can't use the three hundred dollars to, you know, do, you know, have a big meal at Chipotle. (laughs) Uh, That is a humongous meal at Chipotle. (laughs) Yeah, it's a very big burrito. Yeah. But but I, 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 I just I I put it out there only not it's it's not for mar what what am i marketing i'm not mm-hmm. marketing anything i just want some type of realis- realistic thing cuz i see all these excuses complaints myths all this type of stuff or people that go you can no one can make money they're all lying it's like i'm not <laughs> and maybe i am i doing be- am i doing better than everyone or maybe i'm not doing good enough i don't know i have nothing to compare it to until i talk to people like behind the scenes like other sharp players that would ask, like no one talks about it, but can you tell me how you're doing? Cause I think maybe I'm not doing well enough. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fine talking about it. And that's how I found out. That's why I'm like, am I doing in right. comparison? Right. Right. But I, how many people are out there? How many, you know, play, you know, we have a Slack chat or whatever. How many people are out there that, you know, they're seem, they feel like they're on a hamster wheel in some aspect, and they don't know what to compare it to. Like, I won $800 today, but then I lost $200 yesterday and whatever. Like, over the course of two months, I'm kind of, like, breaking even. Am I even playing well? Right. Like, is this, uh, like, uh, is, is this, the, is this, am I playing extremely well and they just, there is no edge anymore? Mm-hmm. You don't know. You don't know. You have to ask someone else and go, are, are you, are you making money? And how much are you making? Right? If I could talk to a guy, someone, and they'd say, like, oh, I'm, you know, the, the ROI is going down. I, 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 well, compared to last year, yeah. obviously the lower stakes you go down, the easier it is. But of course you don't make as much raw money. Sure. You can make 20% ROI, but you'd be better off making 12% at double the stakes because you make more money right. that way. Uh, but I mean, it is, it, I, I have, it, with the rake moving up and the amount of information that's out there, the, the edge is going down, but at least to me, because I'm looking at my own stats, I'm 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 making money. I'm making enough. Right, it's still high that, enough. Right, it's still it's still satisfactory enough to me mm-hmm. for my goals. So, you know, if you if you're not, maybe you, that maybe people have passed you by edgewise. Mm-hmm. Maybe or maybe contest selection. Maybe you could be a little bit smarter on there. I mean, it could be a ton of things. But to say that no one's making, I mean, and the same, but the same thing on the other end of everyone's making money but me. Like now that that isn't uh, definitely not true, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that for a fact. Right. Uh, but just having something to compare, and that's, but you can't you can't compare anything without having an honest discussion, mm-hmm. right? And I just like having an honest discussion. If it comes across as as me bragging, it's like yeah, most likely if I if I if I win a bunch, I'm gonna probably screenshot it or whatever. But I'm, you know, there are plenty of times I, I've tweeted and in the Slack chat where I'm posting the gifts of people you know, jumping off of cliffs. Right. Right. It's like I'm off the cliff, but you don't know how much. I mean, just just know it's a it's a significant amount of money a lot of times mm-hmm. in soccer. 
Like I mean, going off a cliff on a Saturday EPL slate is is like two to three grand mm-hmm. for me. But some, for some other people going off the cliff, maybe five times that. Mm-hmm. But it, to me, it's a percentage. It's a one hundred. It's a ninety-seven percent loss. So if you have thirty bucks and you get three back, it's the equivalent. Because I, who am I to judge your bankroll size? It should be in, independent of that. Mm-hmm. So to me, for for you, for Andrew, for you to take thirty bucks and to turn it into ninety, like that's better that. than me taking taking two thousand and turning it into twenty two hundred. Mm-hmm. Right? You have a higher percentage. Yeah. Than that, so like. If you're going to compare one to one, you can't go by, like I made 200. That mean, and you made 60. Like that, you don't learn anything from that. Like if you, if in a, in a in a group of people that are all playing at different bankroll levels, right? So that's right. the that's to me that's not there's there's no one that there's no one I see, or maybe there are other communities in other sports or whatever that talk about it more. But it's like I'd I'd rather get get past the ego perspective. Of, you know, I'm only going to show when I win. It's like, well, it's human nature to kind of like, oh, look, I, I won or whatever. But without showing percentages and what in comparing notes or whatever, like, how does anyone learn? Mm-hmm. I like learning also. So it's like people are doing well. People are doing bad percentage. You know, just comparing. And because I'm looking at their lineups going, oh, was it my contest? You know, I had practically the same lineup as you, but I made a small profit and you made a small loss. And it was primarily due or like I would make a small I would make I would be profitable. But this guy with practically the same lineup is has a minus 20 percent ROI. But the reason why I had a slight profit was because I was playing one like crappy guy in a five hundred dollar heads up match. Right. My crappy score still beat his crappier score. Mm -hmm. Right. That's the thing. So that's a contest selection or just, you know, dumb luck, whatever. Right. Like you could play if you're playing a five thousand dollar heads up match, and you could, you could lose that, win a GPP, and still be down. And be down for the day, right? <laughs> right, right. So that happens. Yeah. I mean, I don't play at that level, but, but knowing all of that and being transparent, I think is beneficial to other people. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Um, do you want to talk about the sites themselves? Yeah. Right. The said that that's the our sites last myth. Can't... Right, the sites cater to top players. Right, yeah. they they just care about what the big bankroll people. Nah, not anymore, at least. And I don't think it really ever was that. They 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 want the casual people, mm-hmm. and as many right? as they can get, and as many as they could get. That's correct. But the thing is, is that they're they exist to make money, so they do care about like rake. So they need to balance. It's not they don't view sharp players as you know big bankroll sharp sharper players as like we need to cater to them it's just like well if they if, if they're going to make up 50 percent of the prize pool so we could advertise a half a million dollar first prize it's like yeah we're going to make the entry limits fairly high because mm-hmm. those are the people that are going to enter all of them. i mean you can't have it both ways you can't have a single entry million dollar first prize you need to have so many more people right right but if you have a whole, you have a, the top five percent of people, bankroll wise, are willing to spend all that to, to max out entries. They're gonna, they're gonna give because they're taking their rake, their fifteen percent, thirteen to fifteen, whatever percent rake from it. They're making money off of it, no matter who pays it. Right. So they have to balance that out. So that's why they used to have like 300, 500 entry max, 
they scaled that back, even though to me it was never a problem for the reasons that I said before. Yep. But it's a perception. Like it's 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 it doesn't look good, right? It doesn't look good when you see you know two 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 people that are that are sharing lineups. It doesn't look good. That from a mathematical perspective, does it does it hurt you? No. But the ca- casual people don't think that way, especially. So, anything to to help get as many casual people, the pickums, that's for casuals, right? You know, they make it less of a skill game. The less right. of a skill game it is, the more chance a casual player has. But they still have to make it some amount of a skill game because if it's not a, yeah. any type of then skill game, well, yeah. then it's just it's well, just not illegal. It's not legal anymore. Yeah, but even if it wasn't legal, it just comes that you. You, you lose the high level pl- the players that build the prize pools right so I mean in, in my in my opinion uh daily fantasy will eventually get to that point but so it we, can't get to that point until it's enough it's enough mainstream oh, casual yeah. yep but once it gets there once there's a mainstream casual audience that could have multi-million dollar handles on a weekly daily whatever basis, like they will ratchet the skill all as as down as possible, mm-hmm. so that as many people churn and play, you know, the the edge in the game is like at most three percent. So it's like if you're, a, but I mean you see that in sports betting, right? It's the same. Like the amount of people that could have a fifty six percent win rate are few and far between, right? And you have to play a lot of money to make that worthwhile. Sure. But there are, but there are that exist. And I think DFS 10 years from now, assuming that there is some type of mainstream, you know, they could get more casual players. It'll end up, it will end up that way. But now there has to be something now they have to, you know, they can't be profitable doing that. They need to, they need to cater entry limits at least and skill way things enough so that they're, People are willing to put in the volume, but it can't be overwhelming. Like, you know, it, 11 man rosters and one point crosses. <laughs> yeah. If you remember the back in the day, mm-hmm. like when, once I saw anyone that was playing a goal dependent forward, I'm like, like I could play this forever. Mm-hmm. This is going to be my job. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just too easy. It used to be like uh, it, the, 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 the saying for, for Jesus Navas was, uh, you know, why shoot when you could cross? <laughs> right? Because they were worth both worth one point. Well, yeah. So it's like, yeah. I, I don't care. But they yeah. got rid of it because they, they had to, it was it was too easy too to easy understand to, what yeah. the optimal lineup was. And if you didn't get it, you were dead. Mm-hmm. At least now, if you don't get it, you have more of a chance. I'm not saying that you're going to do well, but it, it puts the, the difference between skillful players and non-skillful players a little bit closer. Right. Right. All right. Anything else? I don't know. I think that was pretty good. Spend 20 bucks when you put it in for the sake of putting it in. Are you still bitter about that? Uh, I'm not not bitter about it. <laughs> I, I'm bitter about it when it every time I get some sort of reminder about it. But like, uh, what am I going to do? So me bringing it up. I assume it'll be brought up forever. So it's not like, but like I said, what am I going to do at this point? Right. Oh, well, I figure, I figure in the beginning of the, the year, like the first podcast, I'll go through like my yearly 
I used to do that. I did that on yeah, my, used to do that my on, own pod. On the flush. And everyone loved and everyone liked it. Mm-hmm. And everyone, I mean, so that's, that's, if I'm losing, I'm losing. I mean, like, I, it's, I'll say that I'm like in golf. Golf this year, I did horrible. Yeah, my, my golfer, other than the U.S. Open, but mm-hmm. that I, I bombed so much that I have to bring that up again. All right. We'll Minus 5.8% ROI. Yeah, we'll do that. But that's, but that's the thing that no one, no one talks about. What's yours? Uh, we'll talk about yours. Your, you know, you, did, did your road to crack, uh, tracker show like your graph is like burritos? <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't. I no, can't afford the burritos because I'm losing. Right? No, you can't afford right, yeah, right. Yeah, it's just chips. You have a mythical line. You have a mythical line of like if if I own you have the if I only line. Right. If I had just bought burritos, yeah. Right. It's actually just a weight chart that if I had a burrito <laughs> every day, that's yeah. But it's going up, which is kind of nice. Uh, if anybody has any follow-up questions for Jordan, you can find him on Twitter at BlenderHD. You can find me at Rotowire Andrew. We're gonna have a bit of a schedule change because Jordan's hitting to the Caribbean. Not bad. What are the stops on this cruise? I'm going to Jamaica, Cayman Islands, and Mexico. And uh, I'm going to try to find Alva Jones. (laughs) Give him a high five, or are you going to go the opposite direction? I mean, I'm not going to Trinidad, but... He might be around. It's it's CONCACAF. Like, basically, I don't know what the schedule is, because it's it's obviously CONCACAF. So who knows when anything starts? When when dinner is, I don't know. It's CONCACAF. The, the schedules don't come out until like five minutes before kickoff. That's right. That's right. And you may get food that you didn't order because that's just what they decide is the food that you ordered that day. Right. Anyway. All right. Uh, thank you for that, Jordan. Enjoy the cruise. And uh, we'll see you when you get back for uh, some Premier League action. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.